and welcome to The Trusted Advisor, a channel-focused podcast and video series powered by the Retail Solutions Providers Association. I'm Jim Roddy, your host for today. Thank you so much for joining us. This episode of The Trusted Advisor is sponsored by Heartland. As a point-of-sale dealer, you're constantly challenged by your retail and restaurant clients to provide them with systems that help them operate more profitably and competitively. Heartland provides you with the secure, reliable, cost-effective POS solutions your clients demand and a partnership that helps you grow your business. Heartland is committed to full disclosure and fair dealings with its business partners, and they're invested in your success. Heartland shares referrals, offers competitive margins, and provides tools and resources that help dealers gain visibility in their market to win deals. Heartland is actively recruiting new partners, so to become a Heartland dealer, go to heartland.us forward slash become hyphen a hyphen dealer forward slash rspa again that's heartland.us forward slash become a dealer with hyphens in between forward slash rspa all right today on the podcast we'll be talking with a special guest kevin spencer is the president of rod plus solutions a reseller headquartered in trinidad and tobago Kevin runs a growing VAR business, and he has what I think is a story that's both incredible and instructive for the greater community. He'll share how the COVID crisis has impacted his business and his family. Again, how I think is how he's responded is really remarkable. Kevin, welcome to the podcast. Looking forward to talking with you. Hi, Jim. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, always a pleasure to uh, to connect with you. So, Kevin, before we dive into the COVID angle of your story, can you give our listeners some background about yourself and your business, like the markets you serve, number of employees you have, brands you resell, things like that? Um, so, we are retail and hospitality solutions provider, more or less. We we've been operating now for about eleven years. We we're, we're focused on that environment solely. We don't we don't get involved in any um, other industry unless there's a cross-platform vertical, more or less, with the solutions we provide. Um, it's been um, it's been a good 11 years, I must say. We've been growing. We have now grown from two employees when I started now to 25. Um, and we're positioning ourselves more and more to grow as a as a solutions provider, even into Latin America. Great. And so, can you talk about where those 25 employees located at this point? Uh, most of them are in Trinidad and Tobago. Um, we have a couple employees in Jamaica. We have um, a couple in Barbados and one in Guyana, but mostly in Trinidad and Tobago. Got it. Thank you. And some of the vendors who you work with, who are some of the partners uh, that you resell their hardware, their software, some of the distributors that you work with? We work with most of the, the you know, the, the giants in the industry, Datalogic, uh, Stamicronics, NCR, Zebra, um, eMobile POS on the software side, Lock Software on the software side, SoftTouch, and um, bringing up at the end would be TouchDynamic, um, who is a great um, solution partner for us. Got it. Great. Thank you. And your distributors, who do you work with uh, for that? We work with, with, with the, the top guns as well. Um, I would say um, Ingram Micro, um, ScanSource, Blue Star, um, IncomeX, just to name a few of them, more or less. Got it. Well, thank you. Thanks for that lay of the land. And again, later in the pod uh, to our audience, we're going to be talking about Kevin's planned 
to expand his business, quite a challenge there to have folks, not just in different buildings, but in different countries. But, but first, Kevin, can we talk about how you've navigated 2020 and the COVID crisis? Take us back to March when everything started to fall apart in our hemisphere. And you can start with your trip to the Dominican Republic. Um, well, I'll, I'll start back from probably January when I went to um, NRF and then subsequently to San Diego for another conference. Um, basically, in those 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 travels, more or less, you you've been seeing what's been going on with COVID nineteen. I mean, I'm, I've I've started preparing myself more or less in January in terms of, you know. The thought process has been, oh, this is going to get really bad before it gets better. And um, what I did more or less is, is kind of created a roadmap of where we are going to be by talking to the, my management and saying, oh, this is going to get to a point that you may see shutdowns. And I mean, listening to different talks about it um, on, on, the, on the news. Um, um, so, Basically, when I when I when I got to March, I was coming here to to go into sorry to Dominican Republic for a conference to expose the organization in the in that market and how we can start our Latin American Spanish speaking um, approach, which was in the plan from from last up to last year. So basically, um, that conference got cancelled. And um, I got the flu. I mean, it was the flu. It wasn't. It wasn't COVID. Um, but I didn't want to take the chance to travel with the flu at that point in time because everything was in high expectation and people, you know, it, it would have been an uncomfortable travel back to Trinidad, as well as I had my my son and my wife with me. So basically, the lockdown came, and you know. Based on the fact that we had some roadmaps, we immediately implemented those roadmaps in terms of um, in the discussions of the different solutions provider, what we can provide as a as solutions for the essential services, which is on the grocery the grocery side, because we know that we knew that hospitality that those restaurants are going to shut down, of course. So we directed our our solutions more in terms of the pandemic to to retail um supermarket um type um, solutions so we rounded up a, a webinar we rounded up different solutions we, we pushed our customers that we would be around we're not shutting down as an organization um we kind of created a shift a shift basis for employees to come to the office because we want to be able to let customers know we are still around um, <clears throat> so it was a minimum um, staff in the office so grabbing into in, in, into that um, pandemic, keeping close with the employees, we, we spoke every week um, and, and it was not normally a go-to meeting, um, um, web, uh, meeting um, face-to-face with cameras. So at least the employees knew that I'm not there, but they were able to see my face, they were able to see my, my expressions. Um, at no point in time, although there was some elements of, of being scared, at least there was still an action plan to get people to go in the right direction. So the leadership has really been about me educating myself. I mean, there were a couple of seminars I joined for with RSPA um, and kind of getting that information that was shared to me, to my employees and kind of learning more and more about how the, um, 
the pandemic was going to to portray and you know within that sign i mean even using communication via social media using our uh, customers have been able to call me on whatsapp um calling or calling me direct i had a dominican republic telephone number so i can be reached so and in terms of me being available i mean i would say i had a hundred percent availability at all times whether it's an email or whether it's a phone call or whatever the case is. So that's kind of how we managed it. Yeah, and, and just to clarify for the audience, so you're based in Trinidad and Tobago and you right. were in the Dominican Republic for right. that conference that got canceled. You got sick, so you didn't want to travel back. And then when you were ready to travel back, Trinidad closed its, Trinidad and Tobago closed their borders. Is that right? right. Like you were essentially stranded in the trying. DR with just the stuff in your suitcase. Is that accurate? That's correct. Okay. So tell me about, because this is funny how like you kind of just talked about that very matter of fact. When you and I first uh, talked in July, we had mm -hmm. a strategy session because you're an RSPA uh, member and RSPA members are allowed to get uh, strategy sessions, you know, with a VAR and ISV business advisor. We did a video call for an hour. It wasn't until 40 minutes in that you said, oh, and by the way, I'm stranded here in the Dominican Republic. Like we're just getting a room here. And your son, remember, like holding a cracker in front of the, uh, your son's how old? How old is he? My son is three years old. I also have a okay. daughter that's 12. She's in Trinidad right now okay. at her home. And she's been, she's been managing very well. We speak very often and she's an adult. I'm very proud of how she's handled herself as a, a young adult. And, you know, that's, that's been great. Yeah, um, but you met on that strategy session we had, you kind of mentioned matter of fact, oh, and by the way, I'm stranded. I guess, <laughs> can you talk about, you know, you mentioned about staying in touch with your team. What did you do from a crisis standpoint in terms of like, I'm, like what did you do for clothes, right? For you and your family? What did oh, you do from a technology uh, standpoint in order to stay in touch? Like, can you talk about that? Oh, the thing about it is that, as I say, I was kind of prepared. So more or less what we did, um, because, I was kind of positioning myself to do a lot of business in Dominican Republic, like around February. I did, um, I rented an apartment in DR and my, my wife and son were, were kind of, she was kind of the one that was building that apartment, putting things in place. So at least we have somewhere to stay while we're there instead of staying with in-laws. Um, so basically she, she was okay in terms of clothing and stuff because she, we traveled there back in, um, in, last year and she had moved some stuff there and she has her clothes there. She's from there, so she has clothes by her mom and stuff. Um, basically for me, I mean, um, I had clothes for a week, but being in the lockdown, there was not really a need for me to have more clothes than um, other than, you know, sitting on behind a desk with a t-shirt. I mean, everybody knows this, the stories and the jokes around that when, you, when, when you're on video recording, you don't see what's below, right? So, um, so that's um you know when we when I got to God, I bought a couple of clothing and stuff, so you know I was able to survive more or less living there and you know it it wasn't about strand being thinking about being stranded anymore, it's just thinking about the change and adapting to that change of of working from that remote location i mean it's it was um more or less a a very <laughs> good experience at the end of the day because i'm not the type of person who likes to sit down in a house and um, and work from remotely most of the time i mean i'm, I'm a i'm a go-getter i like to go on the road i like to be in customer space i like to talk to customers um 
that's I'm a people person. My people skills come out a lot when I'm in meeting with customers. So um, that's one of the things I've been telling my staff, you know, try when you have meetings to make it a video so people can see your face, people can feel that, you, that you're in the room more or less. So, you know, transitioning, I should say, into that role has, um, has been a good experience. And, you know, I've learned a lot from it because I have a lot of remote employees as well that work from home. So I, I kind of got the feeling of what they go through. And, you know, we were able to talk about that in meetings as well, what their experience has been. So that's basically it. Yes, yeah, so you got to walk a mile to some degree in their shoes in terms of, of working Correct. remotely. Um, how have you personally stayed in touch with your customers? You know, you just said you really like having that engagement with them. You know, having, you know, 25 employees, I'm sure you do a lot of delegating. You're not the main contact for a lot of customers, but exactly. that's something that you've done on a regular basis already. How have you been able to keep your finger on the pulse of your organization and also your employees when you're, you know, in a different uh, in a different country than most of them for six months now. Like this isn't just a you know that you went to uh, on a vacation for three weeks. Like we're talking <laughs> when we're recording this, it's a, it's late October, and right. you know this is March. Like it's been all year long. So how have you done that? Uh, more or less, I have a a, a good management team. Uh, I mean, uh, they've been they've been very 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 supportive. Um, it's three of them. So basically, I've been able to delegate certain tasks. Even we had a couple of COVID-19 scares in terms of third-party um, contacts getting the COVID-19 um, virus. Um, but we've been able to manage that very well, keeping the person away from the from the, uh, the employee, as she had said, just as a precaution, keep them away from the office. Thank God they didn't um, they didn't contract the virus. They've been We've been pushing to be very responsible as individuals, telling your families to be responsible because at the end of the day, you know, we have to fight this together. It's a team effort. It's just not me. And I've stayed on top of leading this initiative in terms of COVID-19, getting the knowledge, telling, um, so like, I'm the one to take the risk. I mean, I've traveled for work to Puerto Rico um, last month. Um, and it's just about look, being careful, having your mask on, keeping your hands clean, um, avoiding social contact with, 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 with persons. I mean, normally you would spark a discussion on a plane with somebody next to you. You don't do that anymore because, you know, you just have to be careful. Um, and that has worked. As you learn more about the virus, it's not about being scared. It's about adapting to the change and the, the, the new normal. And, you know, my team has 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 been very supportive in that regard you know uh, some of them were scared but they have adapted to my leadership in terms of you know let's let's get through this together you know um and me talking to them they've been able to contact with customers i myself have had conversations with customers they call me they they know i'm i'm out of trinidad and they call me to see how i, how I am i mean um I've now moved over here to, to Miami because I'm trying to set up operations in Miami, as I told you before. So I'm here for uh, probably about a month or more, and then I'll go back to DR, or if Trinidad and Tobago's borders open, then I'll go back to Trinidad, depending on what, what happens first. But, um, you know, customers, then they call you on, on, on WhatsApp because uh, uh, 
less expensive way of communication, of course. So I've been talking to them. I mean, I keep in contact with them. Most of them who want to implement solutions that they think will help during this pandemic. We've been consulting, we've been advising them. I've brought my team on board. You know, they've, they've, they've been a very strong, um, a strong team that implements very effectively and efficiently. Yeah, and so it seems like, you know, there was, so 2020 has been a lot of crisis. The COVID was a crisis situation. But it sounds like you did your work early in terms of getting the right people on board, getting enough people on board, and then having the systems and, you know, delegating to them that really set you up that you've been able to handle this without the, you know, organization collapsing. Am I understanding that correctly in terms of you built that foundation first early on in case right. it was a pandemic or weather or economic downturn or here we are maybe getting three for three uh, in 2020. Am I understanding that correctly? Like you did all that work up front to really build a strong foundation for your business. Is that the key to, to you being able to pull this off? And I'm even self, um, even in any other different crisis that we've had as an organization, you know, we're always I always engross in, in my team and say, you know, we're in this together. Let's let's do this together and get this, achieve this. So it's it's never about me. I always use the, you know, you you hear different people say I and I. I always use the word we in 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 meetings because I cannot do it without my team. There's no way I can function or do anything or execute anything without my team. And you know, that's that's the important factor in in, in this game of life, more or less. So or the business, the business politics that we face. So at the end of the day, that foundation came from even before the, the thinking about the pandemic. It's just getting people to, to execute your plan quickly and adapt to different situations more or less without fear, you know? Um, and at the end of the day, it's, it's, just, it's just about us, especially in this pandemic, being careful, being responsible individuals, and that's, that's what's going to beat the virus you know forget about all i told i tell my staff to forget about everything that's outside there in terms of the politics the elections you know those are things that are just to win elections at the end of the day we need to focus on what's what's important the important thing is you and me being healthy the important thing is us trying to proceed as our business as in a new normal and keep um keep our customers happy you know don't 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 think that you know we we're gonna drop the ball and, and and do things as normally as we do you know like anytime i leave the house you know it's like a being practicing for the first three months more or less it's like a reflex action now to put out your mask i never forget my mask at home or i have an extra mask in this in the car or extra mask in my in my bag so if any any point in time i'm left without what one or the other, I, I still have something to grab and put on my face, you know, and even hand sanitizing your hands and stuff like that, you know. And even said, you know, now you as a human being, there's an element of trust in terms of your friends and families and stuff like that. Because, you know, <clears throat> I went to dinner with one of my friends about three, three or four weeks ago. And, you know, we didn't wear a mask because, you know, we've been talking more or less for the last seven months and we both share the same the same um, um what's the word vision to to where this is going and, and where we need to be safe so you know i didn't have to wear a mask with him because there's a certain level of trust between between both of us and you know we've both been responsible more or less so you know 
um, we did social distance more or less, you know, but you know, at the end of the day, there's, there was still a comfort and, and, and never in my mind did it point that, you know, probably sick or probably I'm sick, you know, it just yeah. it was just a normal conversation. Yeah, so it sounds like you're saying be responsible and take on the challenge, you know, instead of being fear, you know, fearing it, you obviously have to take the right precautions, but say, if I do this thing, I'm going to end up winning. And before we take a quick break, you mentioned you're in Miami now. I'm curious, like, did you rent an apartment in Miami? Is that uh, a, a hotel room uh, that you're in? And then when do you think you'll be able to go back to uh, to Trinidad? Um it's a it's a rental and I rented since last year, more or less. As I said, I was always preparing to do certain things. COVID kind of stalled those plans, but one of the things COVID has has also seen is that Kevin Spencer was prepared. You know, I I can move from Miami to Dominican Republic and live normal. You know, um, so I rented apartment. I rented apartment there, and you know, I'm in a position to do that and run my company and. And, and 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 do do business in the new normal. So, in terms of Trinidad and Tobago, um, there's been talk about you know creating some sort of Caribbean bubble and stuff like that. But as far as I know, I'm I'm not depending on that right now because at the end of the day, I can run my business remotely. Um, I've been doing it for seven months. I mean, I keep reassuring um, my team that you know I'm. I'm disappointed I'm not there with you guys, but I'm always going to be there with you in spirit. And that is why um, I've been having a lot of video sessions for them to see my face, to see my expression, my sincerity, my compassion for them. You know, at the end of the day, I do miss being in the office. And I, you know, I reassure my team that, you know, it's not me wanting to abandon or neglect. You know, it's it's just what it is. So as soon as as soon as they open the borders, then I will know what to do more or less in terms of that regard. Good. Very nice. Very, very interesting story there. Appreciate you sharing. And let's pause here for a moment to let our listeners and our viewers know that an RSP membership has never been more valuable or affordable. The RSP has expanded its VAR and ISV member benefits to include discounts on health insurance, HR services, office supplies, and shipping. Also, RSP members now have access to a legal advisor, security advisor, and a VAR and ISV business advisor. Accelerate your success by joining the RSPA today. Also, thanks to our sponsors who support the RSPA community and make this podcast and video series possible. Our platinum sponsors are Blue Star, Heartland, ScantSource, and Shift4 Payments. To receive the benefits of an RSPA membership or RSPA sponsorship, email membership at gorspa.org. That's membership at gorspa.org. Org. So thanks for sharing that story. Really interesting uh, dilemma, but I really like the approach you've taken, the attitude first and then the approach with your team. Let's shift gears and talk about uh, expanding your business and what we can learn from that, what you've learned from that as well. So, you know, resellers oftentimes struggle to gain traction in a new market, whether it's a new vertical or a new geography. How have you managed to do that successfully with your business, what are what are the activities that have paid the most dividends for you? Have you've expand as you've expanded in Trinidad and Tobago, and then also into other countries, and then your new plans going forward? What's been working? Uh, to be honest with you, in terms of expanding in the Caribbean, was was about like a roadshow more or less. So I have um, when I first began, I I I went out to different countries and introduced myself. Some some were from prior relationships from a, a former company, but I 
at the end of the day, you need to get in front of people and people have to trust you personally in order to buy from you. you know? I'm, I'm kind of old school in terms of, of you know, the approach of people telemarketing and trying to close a deal. I mean, COVID-19 has kind of put a stamp on that and we, we had no choice, but I think at the end of the day, when things get back to the new normal, people would want that approach back again. I, I honestly don't feel that a lot of people are going to buy from you unless they can see you in the flesh, especially if it's a huge investment, um, because they want to know that you know you are serious about their business. Because at the end of the day, it's not just customers. It's when I talk to my customers, they're more my partners. We are partners in getting things done. We are partners in trying to them for them to grow their business. Is we're partners in trying them where they reach in terms of loyalty and things like that. Um, so you know along those lines um that's where where the the focus has to be you know okay so that was kind of your expansion plans in terms of wherever you were going to go you had to make sure you get face to face build the relationships first right. so i guess that means more of a slower steady growth plan am i understanding that correctly as opposed to right. trying to be in four places at once right and then the other thing is the other thing in terms of what covid 19 kind of assisted with is because now that you kind of have some some room to breathe. Um, I was able to start talking to different people, especially in Dominican Republic, in terms of getting a team together. So that team is now kind of 90% complete to kind of to to the point of of execution. Um, I was able to to speak to that 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 Latin American team. We we, we went after a couple of deals. Um, we lost a couple, we're in the process of, we won one and we're in the process of winning another one. So at least we made a, a stamp in the right direction. So that team has now been able, we've been reported at, at like a time machine. So now that seven months has passed, it's like March to October or November where things start to, to push forward again because we're coming into Christmas. Um, we wouldn't, we've afforded ourselves that time to get people, um, get up to support get up to to kind of sell the solution administrative wise you know i've been able to do that more or less so that's an additional um five or six people that are going to join the team that's focused only on latin america because i don't want to to kind of go into latin america without the right people as well they have the support of my english-speaking team of course and we have that bilingual um relationship between the both teams so even right now, I have a bilingual resource in Trinidad that's that dealing, that's going to handle my my relationship, my administration from a perspective. So you know that's kind of the the things that that I would say COVID nineteen. Um, I can give it a thumbs up for that because I'm I've been able to do that. I mean I, I don't want to make it sound like you know I'm being facetious, but at the end of the day. Um, we have to try and see what good we could get out of COVID-19, you know, not just focus too much on what the bad it's done. I mean, it's horrible in terms of how many people have died unnecessarily by this virus. I mean, it pains me in that regard. Um, and, you know, sometimes it, you, you tend to think about yourself, you know, you're fortunate no, none of your family has died from COVID, but there are people whose, whose families have passed away. I mean, even you see on the news, some young people passed away from COVID-19. And, you know, at the end of the day, um, 
it's a horrible thing and we just have to see how the human race is going to to, to move forward from this you know yeah and that's what you do have to really take into account where man i'm so bummed out for again a lot of people here in the united states like i'm so tired of being at home or doing the same things and like you've been you know stranded in a whole bunch of different places but it's better than being in a hospital like that really puts a perspective on it when you see somebody who's going through uh, through those kind of things. So um, let, let me, uh, so gr growing your organization, you talked about, you know, you're trying to grow in Latin America and setting up a presence in the U.S. there in South Florida. Um, I, I'm also very interested, like, you know, I always think when someone says, I'm trying to hire a salesperson, you have like this big market. So those who don't see the video, I have my, I have my hands spread apart. But once you say, and they have to be bilingual, like that really narrows it down. What are the biggest challenges that you're facing or have you faced so far with trying to expand into Latin America, setting up an office uh, in South Florida? What are, what are the challenges? How do you navigate it? How are you navigating those? Well, the thing about it is that first, as I said, I have been doing, trying to really do this in the last year or uh, from March, I would say from, from March last year, April last year to, to now, I mean, minus COVID, of course. Um, I My position more or less is in terms of because the Latin American market is different. It's a different culture. It's a different animal at the end of the day. Um, and it's kind of like, you know, in the US, it's, it's, it's kind of, I wouldn't, I want to use the correct word. It's kind of like you go in and people, people want, um, don't waste my time. Let's, let's put the solution together. That, that's yeah, yeah, that, that sounds like, that sounds like America. Yeah. That's the driver. Yeah. You know that you know but in latin america it's a little more laid back people people want to know that you're sincere you really want their business also sincerity not just to sell them something and make make the make the money um so you know kind of the discussions and meetings around that letting them drive the the discussion more or less and, and keep that listening ear out in terms of what what it is they want to achieve so the challenge has really been somebody or people to, 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 to grab that, especially when you do this. Sometimes some of those calls are not even video. It's just like you have to try and listen tentatively. You're not even getting a facial expression to, to go with. You, you, you have to listen tentatively in terms of the, the conversation. Um, you know, the conversation is in Spanish, and then Spanish is different between different different um, countries in latin america so you have to be you you have to have somebody who actually knows the different cultures and can understand that culture i mean i'm english speaking but you know i have some spanish um vocabulary because of my wife and more or less we speak spanglish so we don't speak full spanish so she she knows some english words i know some spanish words. we kind of put together our own language more or less um, in Spanglish, and, and that's 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 a norm because I, I see that I, I come to Miami here and I hear people talking. They part of the conversations is English, and they switch they switch to Spanish, and then they switch back to English. So it's it's like a new language more or less. Um, so you know it's been it's been difficult in terms of of getting that approach. I mean I, I have some contacts here in, in in Miami that's been trying to help. I mean. Uh, as well as a, as a senior level, I have an associate that's been helping me in terms of those sales calls and talking because he has experience in all those different countries in Latin America, being working in those working in those countries, which is important. So he understands the different logistics. He has contacts in those different countries. 
um, to help us along. Um, the challenge has really been what next in terms of execution. I mean, I've been I've been waiting here to try and see how I can establish the organization here. What what I need to do. Um, you know, you know, there's always a talk about back and forth and and, and what about um, you know the whole resident status and if I can live here or if I, I mean the better position would be to live here and have access to the different Latin American markets and Dominican Republic and Trinidad and Tobago um, back and forth. So um, <clears throat> the challenge has really been trying to sit down and get somebody to actually understand that vision of where we need to go as an organization here in the US and how we want to position the organization here in the US. Because um, you know we need that platform to blast off as soon as possible. Um, although we, we, we have a partial launch, I could say, it's not where I would like it to be um, in terms of customers being able to, to reach that Latin American support or that Latin American um, organization as a whole you know everything is done on paper but it's not there to the fact that i could say yeah. I, I'm, we're good to go yeah. you know that's yeah my, that's not there but if I, I guess if i can give an analogy it seems like a lot of times when a reseller wants to move into a new market whether it's a geography or or a vertical they want to microwave the meal they want it to happen super fast and they can go in and make sales but it sounds like you're doing more of the the oven, the preparation, right? It's like a really right. long thing, and right. you know, in terms of not just making sure it's going to happen right away. Like, you know, exactly. if you want to get into a new market now, or if you want to get into a new market, you should start planning now and anticipate maybe end of 2021 or sometime in 2022 is when things are actually going to to take place. So that, right. that seems like one of the lessons uh, there. Am I understanding that correctly? You're absolutely correct. It's just the baby steps, as they say, you know. We're taking, you know, we want a small deal. It's it's a small, it's but it's a it's an important one. At least we've we've made that step, you know, um, in the Spanish speaking market. So, you know, at the end of the day, is it's as you say, I just want to make sure that if I'm getting into this, I want to get into it properly. I don't want to just rush it. So, like you know, like as you see, the micro the microwave reference is is perfect. You know, sometimes you put something in the microwave. And you, you, it's, it comes up steaming hot, and you start eating, and you get a cold part down in the bottom. So, you know, you know, the micro microwave approach is not is not practical for me at the end of the day. And the finest restaurants in the world are not shoving everything in the microwave and going. It's exactly. Exactly. It takes a lot more than that. So, uh, just a couple more questions for you. I'm curious. We've talked a lot about the growth. How have you balanced that growth with also taking care of your current customer base? Um, very, very great question. At the end of the day, as I said, my my team and I even have somebody handling that approach on the Latin American side. So it's it, it, I don't want myself to be drowned more or less. I mean, um, I'll tell you this much. It's it's I'm so proud of my team and and the approach in in terms of how they've been able to 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 keep a lot of stuff coming to my desk. Um, and being able to execute whatever my vision is, that's important as a leader, you know. Um, and it, 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 sometimes I reflect on like I, I was look. I, I don't know if you know the movie. Yeah, sorry, the series Suits. Suits. I've heard of it, but I have not consumed it now. Okay, there was a, a particular scene in there when there's the boss of the of the agency. He's doing a crossword 
puzzle and he said um the guy told him told him that he doesn't he doesn't seem like he likes to do work and he said he said my god if i have to do work then i'm not doing my job my job is to delegate you know and you know there's some what, what i've been doing a lot more and trying to create that that um that vision that people know that although kevin spencer is not in Trinidad or in the business, that doesn't mean that Kevin Spencer's company or Rod Plus Solutions cannot execute what they need. Um, you know, that delegation has, has gone a long way. That, you know, sometimes like last week was my birthday, last Saturday, last Saturday 10th was my birthday and I was able to just leave on Friday and, and spend my birthday with my with my family. I mean, minus my daughter, which was bad, but you know, the end it is, you know, um, she's still important, but at the end of the day, you know, I just had to deal with the cards that have been dealt. And I was able to let go and not be consumed by what I've been normally being consumed by in the past. So that delegation and my team has helped a lot, I must say. Yeah, no, that, that's fantastic. And for those watching on our YouTube channel, I'm holding up my planner, my schedule that I have here. I do some electronically, but I still have paper, but I have this divider in between that lets me know what day. And so when I was president of a company, I still had the same divider and I was always reminding myself about delegation. And it says, here are three quotes that you might like, Kevin. It is my job to design, engineer, and work on this company until it can function well without my constant intervention. It also had, if you don't teach delegation, you'll never solve your delegation problem. And then the last thing is, there are things your business needs that only you can provide. Delegate everything else. It seems like you've fully embraced uh, that concept as well. So uh, my last question for you is because we're, uh, we're you know running out of time here. Um, and so we love to ask our, our guests this. Can you recommend to our audience of VARs and ISVs maybe a book to read, an online resource to follow, a podcast to listen to that'll help them improve their organization? Um, I would one of my one of the, the books that I've have um it's a book by Jack Welch. I, mean, I met Jack Welch personally. Um did you really through, yeah, through Scan Source at a conference back in two thousand four, I believe. That's right, yeah. Mike Bauer interviewed him. Correct. Um and sitting with him for for five minutes and um how he inspired me and one of the things he told me is as a leader um based on my discussions with you you look like you would be a great leader one of these days this is when i was working for another company i wasn't working for i wasn't i didn't have Plus yet but he said uh, i believe that you would be a great leader you have the fundamentals in terms of being a great leader one of these days don't lose that that um that will to execute that plan to be a great leader and you know that that him um his um his words stuck with me for the next six seven years more or less and and that's what um that's what kind of put me on the map more or less in terms of what i needed to do um and i read his book um sorry i, I don't remember the name of the book right now i think it's is it winning uh, yeah, I believe winning is, um, I'll look it up uh, very quickly. Um, yep, winning by Jack Welch. Right, so I see, I remember. <laughs> and that's been a very ins inspirational book. Um, another, 
another great person I met was um, was this guy Steve Wozniak from Apple. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. It was another um, it was another inspirational moment for me. Um, and it was Scansource again. <laughs> I must say, Scansource has really helped um, in that vision more or less um, by making me get to meet these great leaders more or less. And um, you know, at the end of the day, it's 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 just putting those things together. Um, I think RSPA has been very instrumental as well in the pandemic in the past since I've joined RSPA. It's been a great it's been a great investment, I must say, coming to the shows. I mean, I love the fact that people reach out to you and they say, Hey, you're from Trinidad and Tobago. Wow, you came a long way. I mean, and this is coming to Vegas or San Diego, whatever the case is. And you know they 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 appreciate your your membership and i i must say i haven't seen that from any of the other organizations more or less um and they always reach out you even if you yourself or anybody else they reach out how you going what do you need you know it's always about touching base and they touch base with me very often and i I would say five six times a year and that's that's amazing you know I, i know you guys have a lot of membership people being able to reach out to me all the way down in Trinidad and Tobago. That that just shows the commitment on RSP and I'm I'm very happy to be a part of the, the RSPA forum. Well we're we're thrilled to have you uh as well. And a couple points on that. We do treat all our members that way. Those who have initiative to engage with us, we're happy to do that. We're not just looking for you to invite us over to Trinidad and Tobago sometime. Like, we need to do a face-to-face meeting. Come on down. It's not that. We're, we're actually trying to help. Um, and you mentioned Winning by Jack Walsh. A couple Jack Walsh books that I've read, uh, Jack Straight from the Gut, and then also Jack Welch, The Four E's of Leadership. And The Four E's of Leadership is really a strong one, uh, I think, if you're trying to you know, delegate leadership to somebody, you show them these are the four things they need to have or they can help you as a manager in terms of finding, does this person uh, have the, you know, the, the qualities that I'm looking for? That's what I think uh, Jack Welch is probably referring to, to you with, Kevin, in terms of having the fundamentals. Correct. Great. Wonderful. Well, thanks for those kind words. Thanks for those uh, recommendations. And we're out of time to our listeners. We hope you enjoyed our discussion today. If you did, be sure to subscribe to the RSPA YouTube channel and the Trusted Advisor podcast so you never miss an episode. We'd also appreciate if you'd rate us wherever you find your favorite podcast. My personal philosophy, the more stars, the better. And if you'd like to learn more best practices for VARs and ISVs in the point of sale channel, check out the RSPA blog. You can find it at gorspa.org and then clicking on RSPA blog. Before we go, thanks again to Kevin Spencer for sharing his wisdom with us today. Thanks also to RSPA marketing manager Chris Arnold for his production work, Joseph McDade for our music, and last but not least, thanks so much to you for listening. Our goal at the RSPA is to accelerate the success of our members in the point of sale ecosystem by providing knowledge and connections. For more information, visit our website at gorspa.org. Thanks for listening and goodbye, everybody.